It's time for Rama for Today. We left the church before the war was over and went out on the field. I heard that her husband had come back. She had saved this money. And uh, she didn't want to... Uh, he didn't want to... Well, he had raised up on a farm, but he didn't want to farm. So he took the money she had saved and went into construction work, brought some trucks, you know, gravel trucks and so on. And uh, then they prospered in this business. And then I'd heard that he was killed in a truck accident. And I saw some of the folks from the church because, see, I'm not there, I didn't pastor. And they said, and so in the process of time, I was back there on one occasion and I asked Sister Foster, the secretary of the church. She was secretary when I was there and she was still secretary. She handled the money. Welcome to Rama for Today. Kenneth E. Hagan continues his teaching on Zoe, the God kind of life. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Today is the last day. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. See, we've never developed our spirit. We've never really walked in the light of what we had. Are you listening to me? All the time. Amen. One of the greatest miracles that I've ever seen of this was in one church that we pastored. One of my Sunday school teachers, now she came from a fine home, good background. She married beneath her dignity, I'm sure of that, and her family sort of resented that fact, but, uh, but one of her, her oldest child, actually. She said to me, Brother Hagin, I sent her to school seven years in the first grade. We didn't start school in that, that day. She didn't start till he was seven years old. Those days they didn't have, not there at least, kindergarten, all that. I sent her seven years in the first grade. She never did learn to write her name. Never learned to write her name. Seven years. And the school authorities asked me if I'd take her out of school. She never got out of the first grade. Because here's a big 14-year-old girl playing with little seven-year-old girls. And so we took her out. They had no, uh, no state school. We're talking about in the 30s, depression days. They had no special classes. They had no place to send her because the only school they had in Texas was a school for feeble-minded children. And uh, she didn't some way or another qualify. She, just, she wasn't even up to there, I don't think. So we came along the path to the church. Now as an 18-year-old girl, her mother should, and she'd uh, have to, to get her to behave, sat down by her side because she acted like a little two or three-year-old child about that kind of a mentality. If she happened to not be sitting with her mother and she wanted to get up where her mother was, particularly on a Wednesday night, and the crowd, you know, when the crowd was small, now if the building's full, it's a little more difficult to move around, you know that. But we had pews. Instead of getting out and walking down the aisle to where her mother used to sit on the front seat on the left-hand side, this three-second seat, she'd actually get down and scoot along on her stomach under the pews to get down there where her mama was, like a little kid. And then when she'd get down there, because usually nobody on that front pew except her mother, she'd, 18 years old, stretch out like a little kid and go to sleep, like a little two-year-old and go to sleep. Well, we knew her, we paid no attention to her. But when strangers would come in, they'd look at her almost, <gasps> then sometimes I've seen her do it. Bless her darn heart, I don't mean to be vulgar, but she's 18 years old, just as fully developed as any grown woman you've ever seen mature physically, and I've seen her, instead of going under the seats, she'd just pull her dress up above her waist and just climb right over them. <laughs> well, now, we are all used to these things, you know. We don't think nothing about it. Just go right on, but stranger. <gasps> <laughs> but you know one night, nobody asked her to come. 
One night in evangelistic meeting and when we were having a revival, she came to the altar and knelt there along with others. Knelt there in the altar and received eternal life, the nature of God. I'll tell you, there was a drastic change instantly because her mother now had to treat her like a two or three year old. She wouldn't bathe. She had to, you know, just if she somewhere or another, you know, would get busy and neglected like you would a two or three year old, oh, her appearance was pitiful. If she didn't see after she'd come to church, you know, look like she hadn't combed her hair in a month, you look like the rats had slept in it. What clothes she had hanging on her, you know, just, just pitiful to tell the truth about it. But overnight, the very next night, she came, sat down, and acted as intelligent as any 18-year-old young lady. Fixed her hair up, dressed up, looked nice. Looked nice. I'll tell you, just, it, 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 is all, it was, it was mar- I mean, you couldn't hardly believe what you saw. It changed her. It increased that girl's mentality, I'm sure, overnight, 90%. Well, she went away to visit. See, this is during World War number. To the beginning of it, actually, before we got into it, but they were taking people in, you know, getting ready for it. But then she uh, went away to visit some of her kinfolks. And while she was there visiting the kinfolks, she acts nice, began to dress up and look nice. And uh, they, they were country people out on the farm. A neighboring farm boy, he asked her for a date. She'd never had a date in her life, of course. But he began to date her, and he, he began to like her, and she began to like him. And I guess they did hurry it up a little bit because he's called up in the draft, and he asked her to marry him. So she took him up on it. Well, he didn't know that, and he got into the service that eventually was sent over when we did get into it, over into the European Theater of Warfare, and she couldn't even write him a letter. She stayed with his mother, and he wrote and said, Mama, teach, and called her name to write. Teach her to write, I love you. I'd rather just get a letter from her that said, I love you, sign her name, than for you to write several pages of what she told you to write. So her mother, or her mother-in-law, you see, his mother, taught her to write. Then she come back to live with her mother. And I remember that her mother said to me one night, Brother Hagin, I want to show you. I asked her if I could. I want to show you an eight-page letter. You won't believe it, but an eight-page letter that she has written her husband, herself. I read the letter, all the full content. She told him how much she loved him, all right, but then she talked about some business and stuff. And I'll tell you the truth about it. It's better than some letters I've read and from college graduates. I only saw two letters, two words that she had misspelled. Good, it was a good one. I read it. I read it. And not only that, but she said to him in this letter, and that's wise. She said to him because she, she gets an allotment. She said, I'm saving our money. Now I'm paying my tithes. And she was. I mean, you could start to take up an offering on something. She had already paid her tithes into the church. You could start to, you know, take up an offering like I did around there. Except in those days, we'd take it up in small amounts. And she'd say, Brother Hagin, I'll give. She'd be the first one to give. You get the nature of God and it changes you. And she said, uh, in this letter, she said to her husband, she said, I'm, I'm saving her money. I'm putting it on savings. I'm not spending because she's living with her mother. She didn't have to be out anything, very little, you see. Board and room didn't cost her anything. She wasn't, I'm spending, I'm saving her money. I'm putting it on savings, drawing interest. Because when you get out, you see, because he's a farm boy, he only had about a fifth grade education himself. And she said, she thought maybe he'd want a farm. We'll have enough money maybe to buy us a farm. Where'd she get all that wisdom? from the life of God is in her. Then her, her younger sister married a boy. I knew him. He only lived two blocks from my, my, my mother's home. And I knew him when he was a little boy. And she married him. He's in the Navy. And she had the highest, they began to give those IQ tests back there. And she had the highest IQ of anybody in the high school. And she'd gotten saved too, but she didn't walk in the light of what she had. See, the light 
the life is the light of man. You've got to walk in the light of the life for it to benefit you. And she just splurged her money. And I remember her husband, Herman, was coming home on furlough, and she said to her sister, don't you tell him how much money you got? She didn't have a dime. Well, we left the church before the war was over and went out on the field. I heard that her husband had come back. She had saved this money. And uh, she didn't want to... Uh, he didn't want to, well, he raised up on a farm, but he didn't want to farm. So he took the money she had saved and went into construction work, brought some trucks, you know, gravel trucks and so on. And uh, then they prospered in this business. And then I'd heard that he was killed in a truck accident. And I saw some of the folks in the church because, see, I'm not there, I didn't pastor. And they said, and so in the process of time, I was back there on one occasion and I asked Sister Foster, the secretary of the church. She was secretary when I was there and she was still secretary. She handled the money. I said to her, whatever happened? I called this girl's name, Ollie. And Sister Foster took me by the arm and led me out. We was over in the church in the annex, Sunday school annex, and led me out on the front porch. She said, Brother Hagin said, you, you, you knew that her husband was killed in that truck accident. I said, yes. She said, well, because of the business, he was heavily insured. And she received several hundreds of thousands of dollars of insurance money and being an accident too, you see. And she took me out on the porch and said, look, you see that addition? I can see all these new houses up there. She said, I always build in that addition to the city. She handles her own money. She's her own financier. She's her own contractor. And said every Sunday morning, she said, I'm still secretary of the church, you know. She pays her tithes. She puts offerings into the church. And every Sunday morning, she's on the front pew with her three children. They're the best dressed, clean, manicured, well-dressed children in church, most well-behaved children in church. Greatest, one of the greatest miracles I've ever seen. When she's 18 years old, she's crawling under the pews to get to her mama like a little kid. What made that difference? What made that change? Receiving eternal life, walking the light of it. Now her mother received it, but didn't walk in the light of it. Now, seeing that, I began to see something back there as a boy myself, just 21, 22 years old myself. I began to see something. Our children began to come along. And way back in 1939, 40, and 42, and 3, and along in there, I, because our children were born as we were pastor of this church, I made predictions. Listen to me carefully now. I, I saw some truth about eternal life. I never read anything on it until many years later I read something that corroborated what I had. And then added some to it. But I made predictions of families in this church. How their children would turn out. I did not make those predictions on the basis. I did not make those predictions on the basis of revelation from God. Which we may re receive sometime. Or any spiritual gift. I made those predictions on this basis. I knew... By the grace of God, I believe I can walk. If he tells me I can, I can. I can walk in the light of eternal life. I made the prediction how my children would turn out. I made the prediction how the children of my church would turn out. Babies that were born the same time my children were born. See what I mean? You know, I hid it 100%. Because people can have it, but if they're not walking in the light of eternal life, if they don't take advantage of that life and nature, are you listening to me? You won't turn out right. Your children won't turn out right. Things won't turn out right. Are you still out there? You're going home. <laughs> Don't quit me in the middle of the stream. 
Amen. Amen. My children turned out just exactly like I predicted they would. Not only that, but the, the children, the babies that were born at that time to members of my church who had this life, theirs turned out just like I said they would. Every single one of them did. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find more great materials by Kenneth E. Hagan, Pastor Hagan, and the rest of the Hagan family by visiting our online bookstore. Right now, I'd like to tell you about this month's special offer. The first item in the offer is the book from Kenneth E. Hagan entitled, Zoe, The God Kind of Life. Also included is Kenneth Hagan's three CD series, Faith That Works. These great resources are for the special price of $17.95. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G, rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. We're going to be in Crusades in March. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be down in New Bronzeville, Texas. Okay. Uh, it should be warm down there at that time. March 17th through the 19th, Tree of Life Church, New Bronzeville. And then we're going on, well, actually probably up, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, as we go up to yes. Waco yes. for March 20th through the 22nd, Wednesday night through Friday night at Family Worship Center there in Waco. Now, if you want to find out more information about those, just go to rhema.org. And all of our traveling schedule is on there, and there's details on there if you want to find those out. Monday, Kenneth E. Hagan will continue this powerful teaching. That's next week on Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Have a great weekend.